Welcome back to the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm very excited for you to listen to this episode with Inner Circle member Lucy. She's originally from Hungary, but she lives in France now. And her story is nothing short of extraordinary. She is absolutely incredible. She's gone through a lot of ups and downs with her weight. But as of lately, she's been overwhelmingly successful. She's lost a lot of weight. She's gained a lot of strength. She most recently just got her first ever unassisted chin-up. She explains how she did that. She explains how she improved her mindset and relationship with food. And there's so much insightful information that you that can help you achieve your own chin-up, achieve your own weight loss goals, achieve your own strength goals. I very much encourage you to listen. I hope you enjoy it. Please leave a review on iTunes wherever you're listening. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you for getting on the phone with me. I appreciate it. No, thank you. I'm excited. Thank I mean, you. you've been your yeah. progress has been unbelievable, and uh, I'm actually I'm just really excited to catch up with you and, and hear how everything's going and get your take on a lot of it. And so I, I don't even want to say too much at the beginning. Just you talk to me. How's everything going? Okay, so uh, you want me to, to go from the beginning or just uh, just the post that I sent you about my last challenge? Well, so I think, I think what would be really cool to talk about is sort of talk about from the beginning, give, it, give it an, a sort of like a, just a recap of where you were, like what you were struggling with, what you were doing, what was going on, and then we can go more into the, the most recent challenge that you did. All right, let's do it like this. So uh, let's start from the beginning. Um, okay, uh, I've, I've always had uh, issues with, with my weight and with food and with working out or rather not working out um, since basically early teenage years, my early teenage years. Um, I've never been obese per se, but I always carried a lot of extra kilos between maybe 10 and 20, depending on, uh, on the period. Um, and it's funny because sometimes I hear you talking with, with, with the, some IC guys saying, uh, I don't know, food came to me easily, but I had tr- struggles with working out. Or, oh no, you know, it came to me easily, but I, str- I had struggles with food. Well, I'm one of those people who struggled with both of them. Okay. <laughs> so I've never been athletic and the food is always food. I always like eating too much, and and uh, food is also kind of my love, love language, uh, and my family's love, love language. So uh, uh, all the events are around food with, with my family, with my friends, with my colleagues. So it, that's kind of my background. And I always wanted to change, but I never really did anything in my twenties. The first thing when I said, okay, I, I need to find something and, and I need to, to, to change something was in 2011 when I tried paleo, which really worked for my mom. So I was like, yeah, why not? She eats like that. We live together. Let's try it. And it actually worked. And it was the only thing that I could do in a consistent way for about a year and a half. I didn't even own a scale back then. So I have no idea how much weight I'd lost, uh, but it was quite a lot. And, you know, for my clothes, you know, from external feedback I, I kind of felt it so it worked um, I, I loved eating that way it was not a problem at all but then I moved to France because uh, yeah for the background story I, I'm from Hungary originally I'm Hungarian and I, I live in France I moved here in 2012 and moving here just completely ruined uh, my, my paleo diet because <laughs> Obviously, uh, French food uh, isn't everything but paleo. That's exactly it's all right. The bread, all the croissants, all the, the sweets, uh, and and 
they're really good uh, with this concept of eating everything in moderation, right. which was something I really didn't get when I got here. I'm like, no, but bread is it's bad for you, and rice is bad for you, and uh, all kinds of things that tell you that it's bad for you. I really believed it was bad for you. Uh, and now I know it's not, but at the time that was kind of my mindset. But it, it was a complete life change for me. Uh, I started working, I moved in with my boyfriend, who is now my husband. Uh, I, I traveled a lot for work, it was very stressful. I moved out from my from my parents, I moved in with my boyfriend. So it, it was it was really difficult. I started working in a second and a third language. So I just started eating as a way of comfort, as a way of, you don't know, protection, um, pleasure, whatever. And I gained back everything that I had lost on paleo uh, and some more and a lot more actually. And I was kind of at the point when I said, you know, I'm just going to be overweight. That's okay. It's not a big deal. Um, I'm smart. My career is going well. Um, I, I'm in a he- he- happy relationship. So you know what? I, I can do that. It's fine. But then, of course, it wasn't. <laughs> and in January 2016, uh, maybe you will notice this pattern, uh, and I know that it's not working for everyone, but for me, these first of Januarys are and all, all kinds of turning points. These really work for me. So the first of Jan 2016, that was the year I was about to turn 30. And I said, you know what? I, I, it's not possible. I was all, I weighed, I weighed it in at almost 80 kilos. And I looked in the mirror and I said, no, it, I can't stay like that. I'm not happy. I'm not healthy. I'm always out of breath. I don't like how I look. I don't like how I feel. Um, I so 80, 80 kilos, I believe that's that's probably close to 200 pounds, I, I believe, if, if we did the conversion properly. And so, and, and regardless, you were saying that you just, you didn't like how you look, you didn't like how you felt, and, and you're almost like just shocked that you were at that point. Yes, yes. Because I didn't own a scale, I never weighed myself. And then I was home for, for uh, Christmas and the New Year's, and for some reason I stepped on the scale. And I'm like, oh my God, this is not possible. It, it cannot go on like that. I, I kind of felt it. If I felt that if I wouldn't change at that point, I would not change my whole entire life. Which is of course stupid, but I, I felt that it's my, it's my last chance to do anything, to change anything. And did you, and I'm sorry to interrupt, I'm just very interested in this part. Before you stepped on the scale, did you have a guess of where you might be? Um, I, I, I knew that it was over probably 75, uh, yeah, probably over 75, 70 something. The last time I had waited in before, but that was years ago, was around 70, so I was like, yeah, I'm more than that, so it's probably a bit more than 75. Got it. Yeah, it was a lot more than 75. So, like, so, and I think for anyone who doesn't understand the the kilos, so like, if you like five more kilos, it means like it's over it's over 10 pounds. So, like, yes. like five kilos is about 12 pounds or so. So, like, um, when you saw 80, were were you like complete? Were you really disappointed and upset? I was shocked, yes. And, and do you think, so between January 1 and then also like stepping on and seeing 80, like was that like a big turning point for you? Oh, it was. It was. It, it was totally, it, it just woke me up. It just shook me. I'm like, okay, I, I have to just completely change directions. It's so interesting that, and, and I, I want to like just 
talk about this part because it's this moment is really, really, really big, right? Like this moment, like a lot of people, they struggle with like, well, how do I have my moment? And as like a coach and somebody who's really interested in psychology, I'm very interested in why people have these moments, what sparks these moments. And, and there's a lot. Number one is I think a lot of people in the fitness industry, they tend to poo-poo January 1. Um, it's not even just fitness. Like in general, a lot of people like, if you want to make a change, you're going to do it now. And part of me agrees with that. But the other part of me says like, when there are people who do change on January 1, like why poo-poo it? If that's, if that's a point that like really does well for you. And like, if you've made big changes on January 1 that lasted the rest of your life, who in the hell can, can take that away from you or, or pretend that it doesn't work for some people, you know? So I love that, that you listened to yourself and you knew it was, was the right thing to do. And then also the, the fact that you stepped on the scale and like, it was a big, a big turning point in shock is it's really important. And I think a lot of people, they, they decide not to step on the scale because they're like, well, it, it really bothers me emotionally. It's like, so you're not going to step on the scale because you don't like what you see. Like it's, it's not, it's, that's literally what's happening. It's like, you're not going to step on the scale because you don't like what you see. And it's, it's one thing if it's the daily fluctuations that like, whether it's the salt and the water and, and the carbs and just like it, maybe it's your period and your weight fluctuates up. If that's bothering you, then, then that's one thing to discuss since it's a separate discussion. But if you're not stepping on the scale because it literally, it bothers you, then that's something worth reconsidering. Like, yeah, I just didn't want to know. I kept myself in 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 the dark on purpose, unconsciously, but on purpose. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm I'm so glad that you're talking about it because, it, I mean, it it's 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 not it's not brain surgery, right? It's like if we look at the research, very clearly, the people who consistently weigh themselves are the ones who consistently maintain a healthier body weight. And it's because there, when you consistently weigh yourself, and keeping in mind, consistently weighing yourself doesn't become, mean becoming neurotic about the scale. It just means you weigh yourself on a very consistent basis because it's a form of accountability. It's a form of being like, wow, like, okay, like I'm, if you weigh yourself and you see it starting to trend in one way, then you can be like, all right, I got to get my nutrition in check. But if you deliberately ignore it and don't look at it, then it's easier to pretend or just simply not know that you need to make a change. It, it's funny because that came to me a lot later, actually on the 1st of June 2019, so this year. So I've been waiting myself every day uh, since January. But when I started, and I bought the scale uh, shortly after, but even then, for a very, very long time, I only, uh, I only measured myself when I felt really lean, which is completely stupid when I look back at it. But I measured myself maybe every two, three weeks, every month, completely randomly, no pattern at all, which of course doesn't make any sense. Now I know that, uh, but it took me a lot to get where I am today, which is I just step on a scale every morning, I record it and I have a trend line and I have data. But yeah, it took me three years to get there. Wow. Well, wow. okay. So that, that's, that's amazing. Like I, I love it. So, so keep going. So it, January one, you weighed yourself, it started to make a change. Then what happened? So uh, I was pretty, 
pretty much in the dark. So I knew that I, I would have to change how I eat and I knew I would have to change how I move because I didn't move at all. So I just started with really big steps. I said, I, I went back to paleo because I knew that it used to work and I knew that I, I loved eating that way. I still love, you know, just eating meat and veggies, but I could live on that for a very long time. Um, and for moving i just went to the gym to classes because i have no had no idea what to do otherwise so i went to these these collective classes uh that i hated but i did that so it it, it was a really good start and i also started running because that's the simplest you just you know put on shoes and go out and you run and i set myself two challenges which is which is really interesting nowadays in fact, that right challenges still are with me not those exact ones but having constantly different new challenges it, it, it's it's really it's, it's been very helpful so the first two was uh run three, 366 kilometers in 366 days because that was um, i don't know the english term for that but a year with 366 days um and lose 12 kilos in 12 months so one kilo per month that's amazing i love it and, and just so people know one kilo is 2.2 pounds so that's on average it's 2.2 pounds a month and a lot of people would get mad if they only lost if they only lost four pounds in a month so your this approach is very realistic this challenge is very sustainable i, I love it already I, I knew from the beginning that it had to be slow i mean I, I it took me 30 years to put all that weight on so obviously i wouldn't lose it in a couple of weeks or even a couple of months but it's quite funny when i think back at it i at the time, I thought it was really slow, but still, I would be done in a year. And of course, now I know that I'm never done, and there's no <laughs> such thing as being done. But at the time, I was like, yeah, 12 kilos is fine, so I would be about uh, 68 when I will be done, or 67-ish. And I just maintained, and, and I love how naive I was back then, just maintained. <laughs> uh, but it, it worked. So basically between the 1st of Jan 2016 and November 2017, so almost two years, I, I kept losing consistently. Uh, it was not linear, but it was so, of course, I had fluctuations and I had periods when I gained some back and I had periods when I was losing faster. And that was okay. And, but it was, it was going down constantly. Uh, I gained some good habits. I started working out with a personal trainer. Uh, I ran, no, that was later. Uh, so I finished the, the, the running challenge, the 360 kilometers, 66 kilometers in a year. Uh, I was kind of stacking these challenges in one uh, and one on the other. Uh, I did these step backs. I don't know whether you heard about it. No. <laughs> it's it's where you get you know a step tracker and you get assigned a personal goal based on your step history. And Got it. That, uh, four times a week you have a normal goal and then twice a week you have like a, a, a higher goal, and then you put an amount of money. So you say I think it's about thirty dollars or something. So not a huge amount of money, but so those who who complete the challenge to win all the money of those who don't complete the challenge <laughs> so it's like small motivations to get my steps in and uh, small motivation they, they have the same in diet bets so that you have to lose four percent of your body weight in, in four weeks uh, i also did those so i just knew that i needed these small smaller bigger challenges to to keep me going i love that that's and that's consistently played out 
even now, and what we'll talk about in a little bit is how you've consistently used challenges to motivate yourself to keep improving and achieving your goals. That's incredible. Yeah, I just love the feeling of, I don't use, don't exactly use your method to, to, of the, the red axis, but just to tick a box and say, yeah, this is done for the day or this is done for the week. It just, it's very helpful. So I just use it to my advantage. That's perfect. So yeah, so keep going. So basically, I, I was at my best shape, let's say, end of 2017, when I started a new job. And I thought, you know, I know what to do. I've been doing it for almost two years. Uh, I have a lot of tools uh, in terms of nutrition, in terms of working out. So yeah, that's, that's not going to change. Even if I, if I uh, gain back a few kilos, I will always be able to lose it. Well, it didn't really happen like that. So this new job... I still in that, I'm still in that job and I love it, but it's been really stressful in the beginning and it, it took me a lot of uh, mental and emotional and, and energy. It was I had a lot of extra hours, um, so basically I gained back uh, between November 2017 and last August, so about nine months. I gained back more than half of what I had lost. Uh, I didn't have that much time to exercise or uh, I. I snacked a lot more I didn't I, I've never been a binge eater but but I had these episodes when I just go out to the kitchen and, and you know whatever snacks I find I just stuff into my face uh, just mindlessly and I had a lot of those and in parallel I lose, lost all sense of self-efficacy because every day I was like yes today it changes or tomorrow it changes I, I go back go back and track it gets back to normal and it, I never did and it just slowly get, got worse. So I went back from about 62 kilos to 70. So yeah, about a bit more, half, more than half of what I had lost, I, I, I gained back. I still worked out with my personal trainer and I still worked out alone. I, I ran two half marathons in the meantime, but I just couldn't really get back on track in terms of nutrition, in terms of good habits, consistent good habits. Okay. So I, I need, knew I needed a change because uh, I couldn't just keep telling myself every day that yes, tomorrow it changes. I wake up in the morning and I'm just back on track just before my, my job change. And this is when I joined the IC in the uh, end of August last year. Okay. Because I knew that I had to do something different because I cannot, I cannot expect that I would be doing the same thing and it the results would change. So I joined the IC and that was a huge shift for me because before that I, I had never worked out alone. Um, I either worked out with my personal trainer or I went running or maybe I did heal up but that's more more for stretching and uh, it, it's very useful and I still love it uh, but it was not. I don't consider it as, as, as working out so and I also don't do it alone. I do it usually um, on, on in classes. So joining the IC was, I didn't even know what IC was to be honest. I've been <laughs> following you for a long time and you kept talking about the IC and I kept listening to podcasts and like, I don't know what the hell this is, but I think I need this. <laughs> <laughs> so I joined and I'm like, okay, so this is about workouts in the gym alone with a barbell. I don't even know what a barbell is. I don't even know what power this thing is. What the hell am I doing here? Um, but I knew I needed a change. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I, I, 
I joined the IC, so let's just try to do what you're suggesting. So I started the Unicorn Strong Strong Challenge in September. Uh, I ended up finishing it in about five months because life happened, but I finished it. I I just want to say I love that, by the way. Like, a lot of people... And this happens even in the inner circle. A lot of people, they would start, it's a 90 day challenge. They would start the 90 day challenge. And then like when life happens and they can't stay on track, they, they just stop it altogether because they're like, well, I can't do it, do it properly. So why do it at all? But the fact that even though it was a 90 day challenge and it took you five months, at least you did it. Like at least you kept going and like, who knows what that could have turned into if, if you stopped. So I just love that you didn't let that prevent you from doing it. Even though you weren't 100% perfect with it, you still did it. I love that. Yeah, I really wanted to complete that. I, I knew that my, my ego needed that, that final post, that comparison picture, that, that knowledge and feeling that, yeah, I did it no matter what. Yeah, it took me five months, but I did it. And also, I, I remember I had this hesitation in January when you posted the monthly program, and everyone was so enthusiastic about it. I'm like, shit, I want to <laughs> move over to that. Everyone is so happy, and, and you know, I cannot move, do it next month because that, that next month would be an, another monthly edition, and then I would move on to that. So, damn. And then uh, someone commented, uh, I, I, I put that in a comment, and someone responded, you know, I think you would regret it if, if, you, uh, if you didn't finish the Unicorn Strong Challenge. I think it was Natalia, but I'm not sure. But she was right in any case. And, and yes, I'm, I'm really happy that I finished it in the end. That's amazing. That's perfect. And all of the workouts, they're, they're always there. So if you ever want to go back, you could always go back and do the January one. But yes, I, I, think yes. the, I, I think that's 100% right. It's like when you start something – You'll always regret not finishing it. So that's that's amazing. So so keep going. So you you, you saw your way through it, and, and then what? And so not, even before I started, I realized that those were movements I either I didn't know, or even if I did know, I didn't know what they were. Because that's an important point I wanted to mention that when I worked out with my, my trainer, he's absolutely amazing. Well, he's not. He doesn't live here anymore, so I don't work out with him anymore. But uh, and he he helped me tremendously but I had this mental laziness when I was working with him I never asked him what an exercise was called or what it was good for or what muscles it was working or I was just was following orders I wanted my brain to be switched off and just have a clear workout yep so so when I when I looked at the um at the at the manual, I was like, I have no idea what these things are. So I had to watch each and every video and to, to learn about techniques and to learn about you know, what what works for what. And I've never worked on I've never worked out in a gym alone. So that was that was a massive fear for me. I'm like, okay, I've always went with my with my trainer, and he was kind of my protection. So I wasn't afraid of looking stupid I wasn't afraid of doing something wrong or hurting myself or just uh, resting for two minutes and not knowing what to do or where to look it was all very very uncomfortable but I said okay I don't I don't care I have to do that this is what unicorn challenge said (laughs) I'm doing it I love it's it's amazing you're it's so funny because you're so nonchalant about all of it all of it like you're like yo you know like I'd never done it and I didn't know the exercises. I didn't. I'd never done it alone before. But you know, I just have to do it, and that's exactly right. And and I've the amount of like everybody, 
everybody is in some way, shape, or form nervous about going to the gym alone. Um, everybody at one point was a beginner. Everybody like is, is worried about other people judging them. And the amount of people that I get messaging me on a daily basis being like, I'm nervous to go to the gym. I don't want to be made fun of. I don't know what to do. It's the, if every if everybody knew how many times just I get messaged that, not even everybody else, but like just I alone, I think most people would would be way more comfortable going because they would actually know how many people are nervous about it. And your answer to it, just like, but I have to do it. That's the that's the solution. That's literally it. It's like. You don't know how to do the exercises, so you watch the videos in the Inner Circle Manual. You don't know what to do, so you go and you just practice it and you try. And that's that's the, the only alternative to that is not going at all. And like just the exactly. fact that there's you no do – there's, there's no other way to get comfortable. That's it. I, and I love that you're just so pragmatic and, and practical with it because most people, they, they try and – they try and find a secret solution or a new way when they really know what the answer is. They're more just trying to delay or stall or find a justification for not going. And you're just like, fuck that. Like, you just have to do it, period. End of story. I love it. Yeah. And to be honest, it's been almost a year, but sometimes if I go into the weight room and there are all, only these massive dudes and I'm not feeling, feeling very well, I still feel that discomfort. But I don't care anymore like, it's just there that's okay i can still work out but with the discomfort i don't mind <laughs> what what you just said is very powerful it's it's the discomfort is still there but that's okay it, and, and a lot of people struggle with that where either they have to be comfortable or it's not okay mm-hmm. and that's not true it's a false dichotomy you can be uncomfortable and nervous and still be okay and still yes. do it, and that's okay. And also worth noting is, you know, it, that that cliche, the massive dude cliche, is very common to throw around in the gym world. Like, oh, I'm so nervous because of all these massive dudes. It's like, do you know what it's like to be a massive dude in one of these gyms? It's like, it, and it's so funny. Like, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I, I'm like, uh, I'm like. Oh, like I, I clearly work out, but like I'm not a massive dude. But you know, I'm, I'm a guy. I have a shaved head. Like I, I'm clearly confident in the gym, and like I couldn't imagine also being huge on top of it, and then maybe even having tattoos like that people could see, and maybe then like a really big beard because that's the recipe for people completely judging you for thinking that you're confident, nothing is wrong, you know exactly what you're doing. Could you imagine being a really big dude going into the gym having no idea what to do and and thinking everybody thinks that you're just supposed to because of how you look? Like and it's it's so funny how we put that our own insecurities, we push it on other people solely based on how they look. It's like, well, you know, there's a lot of big dudes around. Okay. It's like, what does that have to do with their knowledge of this stuff? Like it, it's so funny how this works. That's very true. That's very, very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the, those that work out in my gym seem to know what they what they are doing. But yeah, it's totally right. Some of them might not, and then it's even harder for them. But I, I it, never really thought about that. You know, but the whole it's, – it's hard for everybody, right? It's like – It's hard for everybody. That's the whole yeah. thing. It's hard for everyone. And, and it's hard for everyone because we're all worried about what other people think, all of us. Like every single person, man, woman, big or small, like smart in the gym or not smart in the gym, like 
personal trainers are worried about what other personal trainers think of each other. Like, you know, it's like, I know, like, personal trainers, when they're coaching people, they're worried about what other coaches are thinking watching them as they coach someone else. It's like, Everybody is insecure. Everybody's worried about what everyone else is thinking, and it's very easy just to assume that someone else has it figured out and they're fine. It's just, yeah. it's just not true. And and that's what I love about what you've done is like you're uncomfortable, but you find a way to keep doing it regardless of being uncomfortable, and that's what allows you to succeed. Yes, because after one workout, even if it was not amazing, but I felt so powerful because I, I I've done it. it I just, I surprised myself, is that the correct way to say uh, Yeah. I've done something that I've never done before, so that was really empowering. That's incredible. I love that. Yes, I really, really enjoyed uh, all the learning. And, and of course, when you're just a beginner, you're, um, the progress is really fast. And I, I kind of liked how, how fast I could add weight to some of my lifts and uh, I could progress and of course it was more when I started I had no idea so I was putting on quite random weights and probably very way too low so the progress was very spectacular uh, but anyway it, it gave me uh, it gave me a lot of motivation to, to keep going good yeah so I finished it end of January this year um, and then I just moved on to the monthly editions. Finally, I felt like I've earned it. It was a really <laughs> good feeling. <laughs> yeah, you did. And I've been doing them since. I come back. I don't follow the nutrition guidelines, so uh, that's something I haven't mentioned. So I, I did a lot of um, food tracking uh, back in. Oh my god! When I started for about a year and a half, and I just grew completely sick of it. And during my year when I was struggling, when I started my new job, I was like, yeah, I should get back to, to, to tracking and weighing, weighing my food. And I was just not able to do it. I just didn't. So I did one day or one meal and then I just, I just hated it. I was sick of it. And then I heard one of your podcasts uh, with someone when you were talking about the, the, the three plates to snacks. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that was with Lee. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, and I think it was just before, just in December last year or something. Yes, yes. So I said, you know what, starting January again, 1st of Jan, I would be doing the same thing. A bit modified, because I want, also wanted to try intermittent fasting. Uh, and so I would say, okay, I would do intermittent fasting, I would have two main meals and one or two snacks depending on my hunger depending on the workout or not and it just it worked uh, it just clicked <laughs> and i've been doing it since basically fuck yeah i love that that's amazing i i, I did try intermittent fasting a few years ago but i <laughs> i was a bit stupid i said you know i don't think i could fast for long so i would just have a protein shake every morning which of course meant that i was not fasting and <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, it's not working. I can't do that. <laughs> so this year I said, no, it was be actual fasting 14 to 16 hours, five times a week at least. And yeah, I'm a bit hungry. And that, that's another 
uh, new concept I kind of acquired uh, lately. I think it, 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 it's coming from, from Tony. He says, you know, it's okay to be a bit hungry. And before that, I was like, no, if I'm hungry, I have to eat because otherwise I don't know what happens. <laughs> and it turns out that nothing happens. I'm hungry. And then I wait and maybe my stomach grumbles and that, that's all. <laughs> It's it's so funny. It's so it's such like a simple concept, and <clears throat> I've seen a lot of people now on social media. And this there's a new movement, and, and a lot of the movement is based around listen to everything your body says. Like and if and like they're like if you're hungry, you just have to eat immediately. Like like don't let your body, like if you're craving something, eat it immediately. It's like give in to every desire you have immediately, and um, it's it's. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of that. I, I think that everything, like, if you want to achieve a goal, especially if the goal is around fat loss, which number one, uh, that movement isn't really a. They don't. They don't think that fat loss is ever an appropriate goal, no matter what. But if you if you want to lose fat, which I, I fully support anybody who says you know like I, I want to lose fat, I want to improve my body composition, then being okay with having hunger that's that's a good thing like it's being a little bit hungry it's not bad and it's it's it, there's a difference between like having a little bit of hunger and being ravenous those are two very different things and for whatever reason it's easier as humans to think in these extreme extremes of you're either ravenous and starving or completely full and satiated it's like there's a lot of gray area in between and you can be a little bit hungry and not have to eat or rather than eating you can drink some water or you can maybe have a piece of fruit or whatever like you don't have to completely fill yourself up at every chance in which you feel yourself getting a little bit hungry yes yes that, that was that was a very new concept to me so even when i when i did my first uh in the very beginning of, of this journey uh i did uh, these meal plans, paleo meal plans, it was always, if you're hungry, have this as a snack or have that as a snack. But no, you can just not have a snack. That was the whole new idea for me, no matter how stupid it sounds. But uh, I kind of embraced, yeah, I'm hungry, that's okay, it means it's working and not a big deal. Perfect. Yeah, so uh, and I've been doing uh, intermittent fasting since the beginning of the year, usually five, six times um, a week, so not every day, which, which, I, which I like because it gives me some more flexibility if I have a meeting with friends for breakfast or if I have a big client meeting in the morning and I, you know, I can't afford uh, being, uh, not, uh, not being concentrated en enough and I, I need to be really present and, and uh, at my best. Um, so sometimes I would have breakfast, but most of the days I don't, and I really enjoy that. So it's it's nice change. Perfect, I love that. Yeah. Uh, so I I continued on, on the monthly editions with the the two uh, two meals, two snacks, or two meals, one snack uh, kind of strategy. If I can't even call it like that. It was just a, a habit that day uh, until end of April when I went on holiday for two weeks uh, and, and even before my holidays I, I kind of felt that uh, the enthusiasm was, was a bit uh, uh, lower than before and, and the scale was not really moving anymore and work became a bit more stressful so I said you know what for two weeks I'd stop waiting myself uh, I don't have any challenge I don't have any uh, 
objective. I just let, I just live my life. Then I go on holiday, and then I'll see what happens when I come back. Um, so I had an amazing holiday. It was kind of a road trip uh, in Europe, uh, ten days on Corsica. It was it was amazing, and I had really 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 good food and a lot of them, <laughs> a lot of it. So I, I gained back a few kilos, but nothing too bad. But still, I knew that I needed a new challenge at that point. So that's when I, I set myself these uh, seven weeks challenge. So nine, uh, 49 days, the one that I sent you the, the link about. Yeah, and and I, I'm gl- I want to talk about this because your your results were incredible, and and I also just like before you even go into it, I love that you reached a point. <clears throat> And this is something I just spoke about. I just made a rapid fat loss video on YouTube. Uh, and one of the things I spoke about was a lot of times people get to a point where they feel motivation dwindling. They see their progress slowing down. And they often say, oh, I should probably do something extreme like a rapid uh-huh. fat loss protocol to kickstart my progress. Which is if you know anything about number one, human physiology, but number two, human psychology, it's literally the dumbest thing you could do because if your motivation is going down and and progress isn't going very quickly, trying to do something drastic is, number one, it's not going to work as well from a physiological standpoint and psychological standpoint. It's going to be way harder to stick with it because it's you're at a point where motivation is already at a low and it's not just going to spike back up out of nowhere. So instead of doing that, you took a break, which is absolutely perfect. You gave yourself time off. You took a break. You gave. You knew that you had gained some weight. That's okay. You know how to. Con- you know how to get back on track. You knew that you were just going to go and enjoy yourself and not regret it. So when you got back, you could finally just get back on track without feeling any guilt. Like you handled it so perfectly and. If more people can understand that and, and not just understand it but practically apply it, then they'll create a much better relationship with food. It's, it's, you did a really a tremendous job. It's funny that you mentioned because I did have this fleeting thought of doing a rapid fat loss before my holidays. You know, <laughs> I wanted to do look good for my holidays and, and I knew that I would gain it uh, on it. So, and. I just considered it and I realized, I had, it was of course before your video came out, but just instantly I knew that it would not work. And I just said, yeah, as you say, I give myself a break. I give myself a few bright lines for my holidays, which worked also pretty well. I'm so grateful for you for the bright lines concept, by the way. Uh, it, it, they helped me so much every day. <laughs> the, the bright lines did? Mm-hmm. On, on holidays, I just said I need at least one portion of protein every day, and I need two pieces of veggies and fruits, and I want to move something at least six times during the the, 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 the two weeks. So it could be swimming, it could be running, it could be a bodyweight workout, whatever. That was that was it. I didn't want to, and that I would just stop eating when I was full. I, that's so important. I just want to expand on that because a lot of people don't know what bright lines are. But bright lines very simply are <clears throat> they're, they're rules that you give yourself. And the key to them being that they're unbreakable, very specific rules. And people will, people will fail with bright lines when they don't actually make them unbreakable, when they aren't really sticking to them. When you make a bright line, it has to be something like a law. 
and, and I know, especially right now, this in the fitness industry, a lot of people don't like this idea of any having rigid or strict guidelines. I think it's a big mistake to just say that everything is uh, like to not have rules or strict guidelines ever. I think there's a time and a place where rules and strict guidelines can be very helpful, and there's also a way to massively overdo them. But what you what you explained perfectly was the perfect um, mesh and the perfect uh, combination of having strict guidelines but also being lenient with them. So you're going to move something like six times in the two weeks. So And you were it's pretty relaxed. Like, yeah, I could do swimming. I could do a bodyweight workout. I could go do uh, whatever. It's like it wasn't like I have to be deadlifting this many. It was like, no, no, like I'm, I have to move myself this many times and then I, like I have to get protein once a day, whatever it is. It's You have strict guidelines. But there are many ways to accomplish those guidelines. And I think just having that basic, basic bright line there with those covering those principles is so tremendously helpful and very malleable to each individual. So, so, so keep going. Yeah, it was, it was super helpful. Well, I still gained, but I, I, I expected that I would. And I wouldn't do it any other way because food is just amazing. Um, and yeah, it was, it was very helpful. So when I came back and I... I knew that I would need that challenge, and Andrea did her challenge. I think she, she's still doing her no bullshit challenge, and I love the term, and I loved her energy in, in particular. So I thought, you know what, I need a no bullshit challenge. <laughs> and after days, it needs to be more. The no bullshit I challenge. Just, I love that. I, it's it's so powerful. It's just so uh, obvious when you say it. The, you don't need any explanation. No bullshit. That's it. Cut the bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's like the don't eat like an asshole. Like, quit, cut the bullshit. <laughs> and I knew that thirty days would probably not be enough, so I just looked at the calendar and I said, okay, in seven weeks I would go home to my hometown in in, in to Hungary, so I have seven weeks to to do this challenge. And so I set weekly goals and daily goals and. Uh, overall goals for the seven weeks so my daily goals were two portions of protein at least five uh, wedges or fruits and 20 chin-ups assisted chin-ups obviously uh, every day that was my daily goal weekly goal was three workouts and at least four intermittent fasting days and overall goal was maximum of 21 uh, days when I drink alcohol Wow. I, I, this is super impressive just because you came up with all these on your own. And, and these are all these goals that you wanted to achieve, right? Well, I've been, I've been inspired by Inner Circle members, by, by other people. But yeah, yeah, I just defined this challenge for myself. That, that's, but it's so important. And I love that you're inspired by Inner Circle members because it's such a, an open and encouraging place. But a lot of people there's like well i just i don't know what goals to have it's like you just outlined specifically what goals you wanted to achieve and it, like not like only drinking a certain amount of days in the month like and having that be a clear defined day like number of days like we 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 all have our own individual goals and i think just by writing them down and being very clear and specific about what you actually want to achieve that's the first step to really making sure that you have a plan. And it's funny, as a kid, when you're going through school and going through whatever, you sort of have this plan laid out for you. But when you get older and you're achieving your own goals, it's the plan isn't always there. And it's definitely not there unless you make it. 
and I think the fact that you you went out of your way to make this plan to of what goals to achieve and then bright lines to achieve them, like you laid out your roadmap. It's perfect. Yeah, it was very helpful. And then, as I mentioned, for me, this ticking the box every evening and then at the end of every week, it was super helpful. Uh, it's it just motivating or, or it's soothing in a way. So I knew that this kind of, I, I can track this every day, I can track this every week. It, it, I needed that. So I just created a table and I, I created an image and I posted on, on my, my Instagram story every day. And in the beginning, I also posted in the IC group, but then I just got... Uh, distracted and I did a post in two places uh, but I post it every day on, in, in my Instagram feed it's still there I, I save it as a highlight because, but sometimes I like to look back like, yeah I did that oh and this day I did that and that day I did that it, it, it's still helpful to look to look back at it and what I also wanted to mention is that I didn't set a goal weight I, I, I very uh, consciously I only set uh, I want I wanted to have habit goals if that makes sense and not an end goal like what way I want to get yeah, to you, at the end of the seven weeks you wanted to have goals based around your actions rather than a yes. specific number yes I love I, I love and it, it's it's a nuance it's a nuance of goal setting that a lot of people overlook it's you'd rather keep track of how consistent you're being with certain habits that you know you want to maintain rather than, okay, did I do enough to maybe manipulate the scale enough to make it say what I wanted it to say? Yes, because at this point, even if it's not a long time that I've been weighing myself every day, but at this point, and watching all your videos about it, I just know that it's so easy to go up two kilos or go down two kilos, depending on all those factors. So it just doesn't, and, and I'm, I don't have that much to lose at this point. Uh, I have maybe two, three kilos to lose. Um, Five, maybe depending on that's depending incredible. On the personal taste. You've come but, but so far, like it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. But it also means that setting a goal weight doesn't make sense because if I have a goal weight of I don't know losing two and a half kilos in two weeks, but I can uh, I can fluctuate two kilos in two days, then then the whole thing doesn't really make sense. You just hit the nail on the head. You just hit the nail on the head. It's why it, it's. That's exactly it. I, I can't even explain it better than that. That's exactly it. That is so well said. And it worked. So I posted those pictures. I haven't posted them publicly yet. Uh, I, I'm, I might do it, maybe not now, but maybe at my first anniversary in the IC or something. I like these, you know, these uh, um, uh, anniversary dates or, or uh, symbol dates. So I, I think I will do a transfer um, uh, before, after a big picture post uh, maybe around the day when I joined the IC uh, but I posted them so in the IC with some learning points for myself uh, but yeah this challenge was, was really really helpful for me and yes one thing of course how can I how could I forget that at, this, at, at week 7 I got my first unassisted chin up and Fuck I was yes. so fucking happy about it even a couple of days before I didn't even believe it was, would ever be possible I was it was so hard in the beginning I was like I really set myself to do 20 fucking chin-ups a day <laughs> I, I, I just hated myself you cannot imagine even with like those two elastic bands I took so many breaks and if I had to skip one day then the next day I would have 40 <laughs> I just cursed so badly every day that's I it's so it's so incredible because 
number one is the amount of people that I know who truly don't believe they're going to be able to do a chin-up ever is, is drastic. And ever, I've never met a single person over the age of 20 who, has, who was never able to do a chin-up who believed they would. But a lot of these people have then subsequently been able to through persistence and effort. And, and the best part is your goal was to do 20 a day. And they were all assisted. They were assisted with bands that you weren't doing uh, unassisted pull-ups. You were doing assisted. And it wasn't like a scientific plan. It wasn't like, all right, we're going to start with this one. We're going to like hold here. And it was like, I'm going to do 20 a day. And that's it. And I love that. And one of the things that I've always said, one of the, the examples I like to use is one of my mentors said this to me when I was a teenager. If, if we just took away all the staircases in the world, there are no more staircases and we replaced all the staircases with ropes. And if you to get up to get upstairs, you had to climb a rope. Then eventually, everybody would be able to climb a rope because that would be your only option. And it's so true. It's the most basic concept of progressive overload. And you're going to adapt to whatever you put your body through. And so you, just, I'm going to do 20 a day. And then what happens at the end of that challenge? You can do a chin up. That's amazing. And it wasn't, I mean, of course I wanted to do an assisted one, but I, it wasn't my goal. I wouldn't, wouldn't believe it would happen at the end of seven weeks. At some point I kind of felt that, of course, doing 20 a day, it, it helps a lot and they became easier and I almost started to like them. Uh, but it was not my, um, it was not my goal to do one unassisted. My goal was to do 20 a day and that's it. And I was so happy when the one unassisted happened. It, it was amazing. I actually felt happier about that, about that uh, chin-up than all the weight they lost or all the transformation pictures I'm looking at. I felt just so powerful. I loved it. Well, you are powerful as fuck, all right? <laughs> I'm, I'm really beyond impressed with everything you've done, everything you've accomplished. And, and equally important is how objective you are with everything you've done and how how you can look at everything so logically and subjective and objectively rather than subjectively and emotionally um, you're very very good at being able to be honest with yourself and your actions and I, I'm truly impressed with it well thank you um, I'm very analytical I know that that's a strength of mine so the post I sent you it's also like I don't know a very very long because I, I like to analyze what, what happened uh, but it doesn't mean that I never get emotional or frustrated or want to give up or just want to stuff my face with whatever comes. Uh, so, yeah, now it's easy because I'm speaking to you, but of course I have those moments when I'm like, I can't believe I'm only here three and a half years and I only lost that much and other people would have done so much more or my deadlift is only here and not there. Why? So, yeah, of course I have those moments. I think every human being has those moments. But And, and you know what else is... Not only that, but you were saying it earlier. You were saying how you, after your first attempt, you, you lost weight and then you gained like more than half of it back, right? Like, yes. But that was all part of the process and that was all part of this, this journey, right? Where you I lost guess. weight and then you gained more than half of it back and then you've lost it and then you've, you've, you've learned to give yourself challenges. Like a lot of people, they, they, might gain, they might gain more than half of it back and then be like, 
oh, well, what, what's the point? And then they'd go to social media and they'd see that there are people out there saying, you know, it's just not worth it because only 5% of people are successful with diet. So they would see that and be like, oh, well, you know what? I gained more than half back, so fuck it. Then they would gain all of it back and then maybe even more back. But it's the fact that you never stop, that you just don't quit. And even when you go through periods in which you go backwards, you know that you're going to keep going forwards. It's just going to take time and it's okay to, to fall off track for a bit. It's okay to, to not be moving forward all the time. That maintenance is progress. Like it's okay. And even more than necessarily saying like, well, I gained half of it back. Also saying like, you know what? Like I'm still a net eight kilos down, right? It's like, even like when you gained back up to 70, you were still, or even 10, you're still like a net 10 kilos down, right? It's like you were still very, very much forward progress relative to where you began. And, and remembering that we all go through ups and downs. We all have emotional responses. We all struggle, but the net positive of continuing to try will always be greater than the net positive of giving up altogether. Yes, and, and what you always say, I never really understood it deep down or I never really listened to it when you say, you cannot fail. Um, until you give up, you cannot fail. I just, it didn't mean anything to me until quite recently. Like, and, and now I know what it means. I just understand it. I just feel it. That's extraordinary. Well, listen, first I want to say thank you for taking the time to share this. And, and I think it's going to help and inspire more people than you could possibly imagine. But also, is there anything that I can help you with? Is there anything that, that you have any questions or are you just in a good place and just keep ready to, cr- are you ready to keep crushing it? I'm, I'm in a good place, but I'm actually wondering what, what's next. So <laughs> since my, my, my challenge stopped, well, ended, uh, I, I went home, I spent three weeks at home, so I, I didn't set, I didn't even set myself bright lines, but I actually lost some more, so it was more based on my circumstances. Uh, but now I'm ready to, to start something new, so I'm, I'm actually wondering what that should be. Uh, I don't have anything particular in mind, so if you, you can help me figure it out, that, that's nice. Yeah, you know, well... It sounds like chin-ups are something that you're excited about. Uh, and and how are, how are you with deadlifts? Like, do you like deadlifting? I love deadlifting, yes. That's the best answer. That's the only correct answer to that one. So you pass the test. Um, so I would, I would have one of two options. I would set – I would set – I would either do the deadlift domination program in the inner circle, uh-huh. which people have loved and the results have been tremendous, or I would do the new chin-up specialization program, the, the new uh, uh-huh. the chin-up mastery, um, or do one and then the other. And, and maybe that's your next – because deadlift domination is 60 days and then the chin-up okay. the chin up mastery is 30 days. So, okay. so maybe do, I would say, start with deadlift domination. It's a more intense uh-huh. program. It's, it's three days a week, three days a week of workouts, but very, very, uh, intense, especially not like they're not long. They're actually very quick workouts, but they're intense. Like it's a lot of effort. Uh, so start with that for, for 60 days. And then maybe after that, go into the chin up mastery. And by the end of those 90 days, see how much your deadlift has increased, how much, how many more chin-ups you can do. I would bet you'll, you'll probably get at least, at the very least three, if not up to five or more unassisted chin-ups by the end of the chin-up mastery. Um, wow. And see how many 
like how much you've improved over that time and maybe not even focus on your body composition just focus on maintaining your your healthy nutritional habits while improving your strength and i bet your body composition will also improve Yes, I, I, I think it's a really good point that you mentioned. Uh, I think it's time for me not to focus on 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 fat loss. Even I think it will happen naturally, as you say. Exactly. Like, with whichever program you're you're suggesting, uh, but it, it's I'm, I'm actually now in a good place when I can say yes. Fat loss is not my primary goal anymore. I actually said that a year ago, but it was not true. I was feeding bullshit to myself. Uh, I fucking love you. Then, I love how honest and objective you are. That's perfect. <laughs> but now it is true. It, I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, I could lose some here and there, but I'm fine. And it's actually almost the first time that I feel it. So it, it's, it's really good. Um, and I think therefore it's a good moment to, to switch to something else. Uh, I have a practical question, though, uh, regarding these two programs. Um, I'm thinking about starting to do CrossFit maybe once a week just because I miss the, the physical community. So I, we have an amazing community in the IC, uh, but I miss working out with people. So I thought CrossFit would be a good, uh, a, a good um, option to, to have that kind, of, um, that kind of community. What do you think? Is it uh, having, doing CrossFit once a week, would it be compatible with, with those programs or it would be too much? Yeah, I mean, it would definitely be doable. Um, I would just, if you're joining it for the community, remember that you're joining it for the community, right? In terms of a lot of people will go, and there are many people in the inner circle who also do CrossFit for, for the community, which I love. Um, I would just say, if you're there for the community, don't try and max out your deadlift when you're there, when you say you're there for the community. Like, if you want to go there and do the workouts and, and get a community that's amazing, but also listen to your body and remember, be objective. Hey, I'm here to be surrounded by a group of people that are supportive and encouraging, and I'm not here to try and max out my deadlift and then snatch a personal record and all this, and then also try and do deadlift domination and chin-up mastery. Like, Take your time, be there, improve your technique, get to know great people in, in an amazing community, but don't don't forget that you're there for the community. You're not there to try and completely change your programming. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, uh, I think I'll try. And if it's too much, then I will just stick to the program and, and, and let CrossFit go. But I, I thought summer is a good, good time to, uh, to give it a try. I think it's smart. Give it a shot and see if you make mm -hmm. some really good friends. I, I, I think that community and, and supportive supportive people in your life is is one of the most underrated and, and unfortunately the most under um, undervalued thing that we see a lot lately in society as as more businesses become online and we can do more stuff from home and and things become more easy to do without ever stepping out of the house and I think we're actually reaping a lot of the negative effects of that and so the more you can get out and, and that's one of the reasons why the inner circle is so important to me is because I want people to know they have a supportive community. So if you can find that in person and you can get that at, at CrossFit, I could not support it more. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. All right. I think I have a plan. <laughs> it's 100%. And write it down. Make a, new, make a new post in the Inner Circle Facebook group. Write down your new plan. And, okay. uh, and And I'll be looking for it. And I would say deadlift domination, chin-up mastery, and then also CrossFit for the support in the community. And, and I, I absolutely love it. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jordan. You're amazing. Thank you so much. I love you. This was incredible. I love you too.
you too. Take care. <laughs> Bye. See you soon. Bye.